found that in order to get full coverage on YouTube, you have to have copyright free music because I'm all about getting that bag. You cannot get monetized. If you have anything that resembles possible copyright infringement. Therefore, I had to change my impro, intro. Hey, y'all, this is 2022, a new year, a new time for podcasting. And I had to get a funky beat to basically express what I want to put out in the atmosphere. And this is Tenfro. I'm back, back, back again. I'm a social critic, thought leader, but I'm more recluse, reclusive than cranky. But I want to read, watch, cook, and just share all things that make me happy. My wish is that this increases the curiosity of the listening audience to come back for more and to share with friends. I want one million unique listeners and downloads. I want creative quality Millie to be known around the world. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. So if you're listening to me on YouTube, click subscribe. Tip a sister. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. And enjoy and get your bop on. Copyright free. week has been really interesting for black excellence because I have been focusing a lot on Judge Kentanji Brown Jackson. She is the first African-American woman to be nominated and should probably get the nomination for Supreme Court Justice. What I was not, I could not abide by was the nonsense that she's being subjected to. Everything that I read about her blows my mind. Her beginnings in her family, just middle class family, both teachers, uh, Harvard Law School, Harvard Review, clerked for the guy. This is what trips me out. She clerked for the guy that she's getting ready to replace. What the hell? And... I am floored by her grace and her poise. And she is obviously being gaslighted by these fools in the GOP. I hate it for her. She's handling it so much better than I could because I would want to bitch slap Josh Howley and Ted Cruz. And even Lindsey Graham, because they're asking her dumbass questions. What does critical race theory, what does any of that, any of their questioning, line of questioning, have to do with her record as tenure record as a federal district judge? They didn't show the same impudence to that white lady, Barrett who is obviously conservative, who is obviously a white Christian conservative. 
But they didn't show her that amount, even though Judge Jackson is so much more qualified than that heifer is. And I believe that Cory Booker understood the assignment and he, I wonder if my next person is going to um, do a document documentary about her after she gets confirmed and how, and just do a comparison, uh, the treatment or the, the level of treatment, how they treated her versus and even the white boy before her, how they treated them versus this qu- line of questioning for Judge Brown, Judge Brown Jackson, who I think is even more qualified than either one of them, because the white boy was a rapist, and this and and they treated his victim about the same as they're treating her. I just. There's no grace given to any black to black women. You can be you can be obviously overqualified or way more qualified than a job calls for. And you still going to be treated horribly because that's how they're treating her. And they both they all need to be ashamed of themselves. I've only been watching it peripherally. I can't stand to see them drag this lady, but I can, I'm glad that people like Cory Booker um, and the other uh, representatives are acting like they got some damn sense. And there is no reason for them to hold up her confirmation longer than to do some more political grandstanding and ask some dumbass questions that have nothing to do with her uh, excellent record as a judge and a litigator. And she's so much more. She's being subjected to a line of questioning from people that are not even good enough to carry her bags. That's what really bothers me to the whole thing. I just, and they're doing it. They're so callous. They're such, it is just so obvious that what their intent is. They're obviously trying to gaslight her, but she ain't falling for that dumbest. She basically redirects, stand firm and defend. If they ask a, a valid question, she defends her decisions. And she did, she's worked some tricky cases. You know, with um, child uh, abuse as well as the Guantanamo Bay, which we know is probably constitutional, not right. But they are a terror. We were put on the terrorist list. But I think it's more than that. I think it's because they were all from Muslim and they're all brown men. But that's neither here nor there because we got more domestic terrorists that look more like Josh Howley and them versus the guys down in um, Guantanamo. But I'm just saying, I'm also, um, I basically was celebrating the greatness of Ava DuVernay. She basically has, she has a life that I absolutely can admire. I did not know she was a publicist and had a day job for a number of years before she even picked up a camera when she was till she was 33. She's gone on to win a whole bunch of awards um, and Oscar nominations, found Array a real, real bad butt. I've tried to find and locate 
any of the written books by these great women, Ava DuVernay, movie director, uh, and include them in my blog post um, because, but unfortunately for um, Judge Jackson, all of her books were um, self-published and they're actually only available on Amazon. You can navigate, look up uh, Katanji Brown Jackson um, and buy them there. I'll keep trying um, to find them once they are released um, to the general public like myself, um, and I'll make them available on my uh, books, my online bookstore as soon as they're available uh, for purchase. And so that's two big ups to two great powerhouses, black women. And then I just wanted to mention rest in power to Madeline Albright. Um, she basically passed away um, surrounded by her loving family um, today at the age. These women, people are going away fast. I didn't know, but now I do. She's first female secretary of state, passed away from cancer at the age of 84, as I said, surrounded by family. I'll probably be uh, profiling her since it's still Women's History Month. Um, and I know she probably has books she's written and books that have been uh, written about her. Um, she was described as a tireless champion of democracy and human rights. President Joe Biden remember her as a force for goodness, grace and decency and for freedom. She defied convention and broke barriers again and again. Um, she was pointed by good old Slick Willie Bill. Confirmed 99 to 0, con completely different um, than the nonsense we have going on in D.C. now. And she was and he remembered her as an extraordinary human being. Um, this is a great loss um, to the world as we know it, politics. Um, but may she rest in power. Um, hopefully she's up there giving both um, John Lewis and Elijah, um, the representative from Baltimore, hell, um, and making it right and making people think and, start and act like they got some home training. So uh, rest in power to another great woman. And as I said, I'll probably be looking up and adding several of her novel, several things that she's possibly written and things that have been written about her. And I'll be more than likely showcasing her um, in my upcoming blog post on Dale's Angels, Inc. So I don't go anywhere. I'm antisocial and I like staying in my house. My house is comfortable. All my good shit is here. My booze, my dog, my pool. There's no reason for me to go anywhere. So I watch a lot of TV and I stream a lot of things. Billions, all the chef shows, all the chef shows, crime TV, because it actually helps me refine my, refine my screenwriting craft. One of my newly found shows that I absolutely love is To Catch a Smuggler and To Catch a Smuggler Brazil. I have discovered an entire law enforcement agency that is worse than Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, 
that is worse than TSA, Homeland Security, and FBNI. These Brazilian federalities are cracking me up. I've never seen anything this funny in all my life. It doesn't matter. You can be carrying a couple of ounces for your own personal use or transporting up to 20 keys of pure cocaine. Mandatory sentences is anywhere between 5 to 15 years. You going to jail. And if you, they find you trying to sneak in counterfeit bull to their country, like Louis Vuitton, et cetera, they're confiscated. You may get a warning and then they're supposed to burn it. But I know that stuff is going to end up in one of the, uh, uh, I know this is wrong, but I don't care. Probably in one of the, uh, flea markets in San Paulo. But what cracks me up, I can't believe that there is a federal uh, law enforcement agency that's worse than anything I've seen here in the United States. They are freaking cracking me up. These federalities are kind of fine though. And they're not nice. They don't care. They're not respectful they don't have the same technology, but they do this like the shake test and the spray. Everybody is trying to come in with um, everybody's trying to come in with cocaine when y'all in the cocaine of capital of the world. But what about special K? What about meth? What about other drugs? But they really get they. I mean, they get. Keys. This is like they get they got millions of dollar bust of cocaine and somebody just rolling it in in their American Twister um, luggage. This lady with her counterfeit uh, Louis Vuitton is cracking me up because not only is a counterfeit Louis Vuitton, she he basically packaged up drugs um, in the counterfeit um, um, designer uh, purses and wallets. And she's basically pissed off. She said if we weren't shackled, she would pimp smack him. That shit is funny as fuck. I think it's hilarious. And yes, they profile in everybody that's black and brown and from certain countries. But they are even more gangster down there than our, as I say, in our law enforcement. If y'all don't do anything all week, please stream on the Smithsonian or National Geographic channel to catch a smuggler. Actually, to catch a smuggler, U.S. is funny. But this shit from Brazil with the subtitles is the funniest crap I have ever seen in my life. And I am going to need to put this on the rotation. Because it is funny. Now I'm going to take a break from watching this. Get my lo mein with scallops and, and fight my dog. Because Ethel don't know she is not a human. And she wants to eat noodles. So there you go.
That's Vio Dance's evolution of the Star Trek series. Um, I loved it because it's from the original series that ran only three short years from 66 to 69. But I thought it was brilliant and apropos that I was going to start this section about continuing about what I'm watching. Um, because I'm going to talk about this week's episode of Picard. Um, and if this is the last uh, Star Trek log for Discovery, which the finale was um, last week. Of course, I didn't have now, it. let out our collective breaths. I could feel the crew's relief when Earth finally appeared on the view screen. At Dr. Colbert's suggestion, we gathered in the lounge, a chance to celebrate and just be. We'd barely arrived, the rest of the crew still on their way, when Tilly walked in. It was so good to see her. And for me, that's when it truly sank in how much we've been through, how much she's changed, how much we've all been changed by this journey. The Federation has come together in a new way, been made stronger by facing a threat bigger than itself, bigger than all of us. Now that the threat's behind us, there's this feeling of hope. For the first time in a long time, it feels like the future is wide open again. And I cannot wait to see what happens next. And we can't either. I, again, I think or I know that I am biased because I particularly like this show because of the representation of all of the actors and the actresses. Different, of course, a different species, but just how many women and other are just in uh, positions of leadership. It's more of a representation of what society is and further representation of how we want it to be. And of course, I was just completely overjoyed about the Stacy um, being um, the president of the United Earth. That it would take, what, 600 years, but it eventually happened. What I also, and I keep going back to that, I thought the writing was, of course, a little therapy for my taste, but I thoroughly enjoyed um, that reference. I also thoroughly um, enjoyed, and also the implications I think about a lot. You know, why do we have to wait 700 years to get to that point where a black woman with that strength can be um, the president of the world? That is so crazy to me. Um, I also liked whoever did her styling, whoever made that uniform, I want that uniform. I may be Stacey Abrams, President Stacey Abrams uh, of United Earth uh, for, for uh, Halloween this year. I'm just saying. Any opportunity to wear cool Star Trek gear, I'm, I'm there for it. So I also paused for a minute. Um, I watched Star Trek Picard. It was back in 2024, LA. Um, I didn't know I was going to like it, but I did. Um, as I said, I'm not as impressed with Picard this year, but it's starting to grow on me. I still have to rewatch and figure out, let me, while I'm with y'all, y'all are with me, why 
did they kill off Eleanor on Picard? Let's see. Evan Evagoria to watch has gone the way of Tasha Yar. Yeah, that was true too. Okay, let's see. Um, it fixed, kill off one of his main character and it symbolized Picard moving from um, one season one's missteps. He died, yes he did. Um, shoots Elnor with a phaser when he and his Confederation soldiers boarded Lucerna. The young Romulan dies from his injuries and is mourned by his surrogate parents and Rafi. Eleanor's sudden death also means that the Romulan warrior nuns are currently no longer a factor in Star Trek Picard season seven. The Quatmalat, along with the villainous Zotvash, are uh, inventions of Star Trek Picard season one showrunner Michael Chabon, the Quatmalat were essentially the opposite number to the Zot Vash, which was extremist faction of the Tal Shiar secret police. The sword wielding Quatmalat are different from traditional Romulans in that they practice absolute candor and freely express what they think. The Quatmalat also only bind their swords to lost causes. Although they are women, Elna was adopted into full and trained as a warrior after he was orphaned during the Romulan's evacuation when his son, when their son went supernova, Elnor and Quat are befriended who, Papakar, who has known the young Romulan ninja since child overall, the Malat are part of changes of Star Trek before his death. He moved to, recognizes the first floor, and he's stationed aboard the USS Excelsior with Rafi. With all the time travel madness Picard is now facing, there is no onus to further explore Elnor as a member of the Quatmalat. As intriguing as con concept as the Quatmalat is, they don't fit in Star Trek Picard season two's time travel story to prevent the dark future of the Confederation from ever happening. So they just kill him off. That sucks! Since it's being depicted better in Discovery and now with the Romulans having, it seems like the Romulans having a role in that, it may be that we may see, because Burnham's mother is a part of Coatmalot, maybe they'll bring him back. Maybe they'll resurrect him later because he died in a conflated uh, past, but I don't know, that kind of sucks. They just can't write off my playpay boyfriend like that. It's just very frustrating, but I don't know. It's a part of a storyline that I don't completely agree with. But I guess that was the main shocker of yet uh, <coughs> episode three. Episode four basically goes back to the uh, past um, and the world of 2024. And they basically allude to something that I knew I had uh, the uh, 
reserve these places that were on the edge um, of uh, existence, these sanctuaries, that harkens back to Deep Space Nine. And that's where um, Rios ends up being. Um, and he, and it cracks me up that ICE still exists in 2024, rounding up people, saying that the guard looks like a Ferengi is hysterical. He probably is a Ferengi. But the mashup of time travel and uh, the yell, the uh, blonde girl uh, joining up with the board queen torso is interesting. I'm um, interested in finding out how that progresses. I think we have to be careful with her because she's a little, that girl is a little bit scattered and off meds. And I think she could end up uh, messing things up or we could come up with a bipolar drunk superhero Borg, which I don't think anybody's ready for that. I would prefer if Seven and the Borg Queen would actually um, assimilate, but that's just me and mine. Um, the whole tone of it and uh, finding a young Guinan. She's only like 100 years old at that time. I like that actress. Um, and I'm waiting to see the progression of the episode. That's why I'll probably be tuning back in next Thursday because Q evidently has lost his powers. I don't know. It's because they don't want him to continue. The continuum is continuing to punish him for his continued meddling or it's not effective in that for some reason, his lack of power, uh, powers um, in 2024 is uh, albeit concerning, but maybe that's what actually happened because he was doing it for fun. They found out about it and they cut him off because they're supposed to be omniscient. But is it because um, if he does... If they can correct it without him, will he then regain his powers? Because it's like human, humankind is, we're gonna try or die hard trying, you know what I mean? So I'm intrigued by what is the why, the whole why of Q losing his powers and seeing how left to their own devices this ragtag crew, which is, I think is an extension of Next Generation is going to survive and how are they going to thrive so that is how i'm going to end this section on oh and i also wanted what else did i watch that i was absolutely intrigued about oh bridgerton drops um today actually and i will be hopefully um eating really good food probably some mussels Probably not marinara, marinara, but mussels and butter sauce and basil topping, some angel hell pasta Why I um, sip on a cocktail and watch Bridgerton later on today. I'll probably make that a part of my podcast going forward. Um, my comments, because it seems like all of the shows that are streaming today have their own separate podcast with um, selected hosts. Um, and I'm sure they're paying these people a grip uh, for 
their um, skills and their followings. Um, so, and I'm just doing this for free, but I hope I will have some um, witty commentary um, in next week's episode or the next episode. I'll probably be posting that um, a short clip video or during the live tweet uh, when I'm able to watch that um, later on today. I absolutely love that Trap God Bugsy Evans mix from the Beat Tape from 2021 um, to introduce this next part of the podcast. Um, I'm going to be talking about COVID and all manner of shenanigans and why we are moving or leaning into fascism. So with that said, let's get to it. I also am more determined than ever to make a living from my podcast and other ventures because the world is such uh, an amazing place. Too bad I have to make money to pay my bills. I could just stop making bills, but y'all know me. I'm just saying But I say all of that to say is because I would prefer on any given day to be able to do this every day. This is being able to research and script. Um, My podcast has become, it is a labor of love, but it is labor because I don't, I'm not known enough um, to be able to invite people um, onto my podcast um, that would attract um, anyone to come and just sit and talk with me because there's just so much I could go over. I would love to have the much pull to have Anthony Fauci on the show. I'm sure somebody I went to school with uh, probably has an inside track on somebody from D.C., but I don't. I like not having to uh, work around anybody else's schedule but my own. So I'll review stuff, I'll comment on it, and just keep it pushing for right now. But with that said, I have to find a way to get up uh, listenership. I got to find a way to get someone else to be a sponsor because this is actually really fun to me. But COVID. COVID is not finished with us yet. This new variant, B2A sub zero, Frankencron, is wreaking havoc. The numbers are starting to go back up again, not just in Europe. Um, we may see um, the that particular, it's been here, I'm sure, and just waiting to wreak havoc on people that have not been vaccinated and that are refusing to get vaccinated and have had natural COVID, but they don't have the protection at all because of Franken COVID. Um, I think a fourth dose is coming and I'm here for it. I'm being the hermit that I am. I'm just basically protecting myself and just in case I do let somebody in my house, which is so infrequent. Um, and that's why I think, given the fluid nature of the panorama POV, that removing or rolling back all of these vaccine mandates as well as mass mandates is stupid. 
And with that said, because there is a, there's always going to be a surge, we don't have enough for natural immunity. Um, and this seems to be such fraught with um, just business and people wanting to be normal and they're not willing to understand that this is what you're going to have to do um, because this is, the mask may just become a natural part of our life. Um, some people have benefited from having a mask because we some ugly mugs. Um, also, um, I am very much concerned about what I call medical shenanigans also with not just with COVID because people keep forgetting that there are more diseases and more things that are going on um, than the COVID Pro-V. So one of the things that really blew my mind is I always get a kick out when I watch my crime shows when they highlight places that I've lived. Um, there's a lot of Tennessee shenanigans going on as far as crime, um, but that's neither here nor there. But this is was in, on Med page that I was reading this, that there is there was a doctor that he was, his vitamin C study, Dr. Paul Merrick, I don't know why that name, something is kind of um, niggling in the back of my head, but he basically had this study that was making waves in for amongst hospitalists and intensivists that basically say if you give people a regimen of hydrocortisone, vitamin C, thiamine, called the HAT protocol, this could increase um, lives saved from sepsis. And a researcher from Australia called BS said not only was it fabricated, he fabricated the study or the numbers, but it was coming to fraudulent. And he basically said it, that people were so excited about it, say he may one day win the Nobel Prize, but he basically fabricated it. So they looked at the data and they said it was just too perfect. Um, and I'm wondering, these outliers, did he do a, um, what's that girl know? That, um, that's in the news now, or was in the news that they were fabricating, they had a whole company and uh, said that this, uh, um, this um, it was a test, um, Theranos. They, did they go Theranos on us? Um, I'm thinking he did. Um, and he probably said that there was gonna be some cure, but his data was false. If you take a look at this um, article um, in, on MedPage, they published it just today. Infamous vitamin C study may rely on fraudulent data. Um, wow. And the only reason why I bring that up is because of EVMS, Eastern Virginia Medical School. I did a, a couple of uh, rotations there and it's right down the road from where I grew up in Virginia Beach. Also on a more positive note, it basically states that we know that COVID you have are hypercoagulable from COVID. So they are predicting the earlier you can introduce like 
uh, aspirin, which is an anti-platelet, uh, anti which because your platelets are evidently too sticky in COVID, that's why we got 19-year-olds having strokes and heart attacks that, that when they get natural COVID, um, if the, the earlier on in their illness that you can introduce it, um, the better um, they are as far as decreasing the incidence of uh, a major clotting incidence. Um, not, I want to be very clear. Aspirin by itself is not going to cure COVID or not make, it's not a treatment for COVID. It's a part of an overarching uh, plan of care that will make your um, outcomes a lot better, meaning you will be less likely to stroke out if you got natural COVID. But what will keep you from getting COVID? Staying home, wearing your mask, getting a vaccine. We got some very good treatments, but this is only one part of a multi-level uh uh, medical therapy that does not include avermectin and definitely doesn't include monoclonal antibody and probably doesn't include Zithromax because those things are less likely to increase your um, your survival uh, versus having some weird side effect because you waited too long and you got natural COVID. The issue is how can you keep from getting natural COVID? and getting really sick from natural COVID. Basically, again, stay at home, wear your mask, wash your hands, get the vaccine, and the booster when, they, when it's called for. So the next part of the shenanigans, I went through a medical, going through the medical shenanigans is this past week, um, I hadn't really thought about her and I didn't know how formidable and cool she was until she passed away and I had started looking up her books. But uh, Madeline Albright passed away from cancer at the age of 84 um, this week. And God rest her, she was a, basically a titan among women. She had that lips though, that would make you think, or the set of her mouth that would make you think that Madeline Albright didn't play. And it got me to thinking about everything that's going on with the Ukraine, um, uh, everything that I'm watching them gaslight uh, Judge Katani Brown Jackson. I'm watching them meaning so-called conservatives and the GOP and these ultra political people wild out. Um, but before I get to that, I want to bring up something else. I started out the podcast or the beginning of this particular episode, and I try, I've tried to basically bring positivity and black excellence. And I think I did a really good job uh, this week because I had so many, I always have so many, so many people to choose from. But on the flip side of that, there are people like Herschel Walker walking around and saying, well, if evolution was true and we supposedly humans descended from apes, why are apes still there? Or that um, science has not been able um, to uh, recreate life or conception. And we know in vitro um, 
has basically will blow that out of the water. Um, he is likable enough that he could be um, the Republican nomination for, I believe it's for, is it for government? No, it's for one a senator, a likely nomination for senator. And people will align themselves because the crazy stuff that he's saying, anti-science, conservative views, are in alignment with the science deniers and these right-wing um, zealots. He and his son, Christian Walker, who basically, they basically got dragged. He complained about gas prices, but he's standing in a $1,300 Givenchy sweatshirt. You know, ultra rich. He has like some, he has a really crazy following on um, social media. But we got these people that are representations of my race that are doing the most. And they are willing and okay with backing views that don't make a whole bunch of sense. The reason why I brought that up is because I wanted to drag Christian Walker because I didn't even know who he was until I was listening to another podcast and they brought up uh, Herschel Walker spoke last week um, in Sugar Hill Church and then they went on about dragging Christian Walker, his son. But, and then the death, how does the de all of those things uh, play into how they interconnect? I honestly believe we are in, I call it a war of mediocrity, a war against mediocrity. We got people that are willing to support uh, even playing field because they themselves are so basic. You know what I mean? And they're willing to do it by any means necessary. I think that I look at that, I look at the rise of fascism, um, and I look at the perversion of democracy in the guise of sovereign citizens and these ultra-conservative uh, political zealots. Madison Albright says, a fascist is someone who claims to speak for a whole nation or a group, is utterly unconcerned with the rights of others, and is willing to use violence or what other means that are necessary to achieve goals he or she might have. There is a clash between democracy and fascism, a struggle that created uncertainty about survival of human freedom and left millions dead. We did it. I did not know that her family fled, had to flee Czechoslovakia twice, first from the Nazis, the ultimate and first fascists, and then again uh, by the Soviets. And she, they predicted and accused Putin of being a thug fascist, and he really, he is. But she said that to almost 30 years ago, and it's so true. And she said, y'all need to watch him. And she said the same thing about Kim Jong-un. Same tactics. They will use it because if you don't allow them to do what they want, and if you don't believe or will support do, to do what they want, um, then you are against them and you get deserved to be annihilated. Chemical warfare, uh, biologic warfare, nuclear warfare as, as needed. So 
that is what comes into these ultra conservatives. They got this whole thing where they don't want any anybody um, that looks like the majority white to feel bad about themselves. So they want to basically uh, purge um, anything that will put their ancestors on blast for the dirt that they did. They will they will rather try to secure uh, an election from someone that is completely ill-equipped to be able to lead a country that is a sociopathic um, nut job, but they would rather him because he says some of the things that they want him to say, even though he only is in it for the cash and the power. Completely has no, uh, he's unbalanced and his um, uh, reasoning is not, there's no reasoning with it, with who they want it to win, and they won't get over it. Then you got people that don't want you to not only feel bad about yourself from a color standpoint, they don't also don't want people that are, they consider other for you to talk about things that they are uncomfortable talking about. So we got these this run on book banning. Um, they want to remove all references to sexuality and um, gender identity from libraries across Texas, and if you had them do it, basically across the US. They wanna remove books like Drama by Raina Telgemeer, um, when Ru Wilma Rudolph played basketball and Lawn Boy, um, and Better Nate Than Never, um, Out of Darkness, and Ghost Boys, and uh, Me, and Earl and the Dying Girl. What is that about? Um, somebody in Houston wants this to be removed because it uh, chronicles the relationship between a teen boy and girl with leukemia. And it says includes obscene language and could lead students to become over-sexualized and objectified. Really? Okay. Or will it lead to a discussion about why you should wait and the uh, more... Uh, discussion around death for a young person and leukemia and those types of things. So this, I come to say all of these things is, number one, I'm going to start um, including a lot of these listed books because y'all have given me uh, more ammunition and more um, uh, swag and product to add to my online bookstores. Navigate to Chatter Books. Um, at bookshop.org, uh, support your local um, small uh, book retailers, but also I get a clip because I'm one of um, the publishers of those books. But also, it you become very singular and not expansive because you don't know what you don't know until you know it. So why remove all of these books? I am a fan of... Um, Certain material is age appropriate, but it also, that means mama and them need to read so y'all can have a conversation so you can introduce these things. But you can't basically say just remove it and nobody has access to it. Just because you want to be basic and you don't want to have the discussion with your kid, you should not 
be allowed to ban and not, not everybody else have access to the information. But I got y'all. It'll be available on Chatterbooks. Just give me time because there's a whole bunch of books I need to add because y'all keep wilding out and y'all want everybody to be as stupid and as basic, as I said, as you are. You don't also realize that when we live in a true democracy, the individual rights of the individual are preserved, not at all costs or not the... Um, effect of the whole. We can all go forward because we can respect your individual rights, um, but you can't you can't be at the um, expense to the whole group because these real extremist leftists even and um, the extreme ultra conservative right and these sovereign citizens, all of y'all are a perversion of what democracy is. You can have your own beliefs, um, but you can't the whole issue would, you can, what democracy says, you can have your own belief, but you don't have a right to force those beliefs on everybody, um, especially if it's at the expense of uh, squashing somebody's other person's free speech because they can, because they don't agree with you and they need to go away or die because of that. That's fascism. Also, because your rights, you, you can't really pick and choose what rights and what laws you want um, to follow because that is a perversion of the whole of what democracy is. You can't live free and productive in a in a democratic society and still be a sovereign citizen. You can want to pick and choose, but that's not how it works. We got a whole bunch of people that just, be, we got, they have their own set of facts. They have their own set of rules that they wanna live by, contrary to whatever the data says. And they think that they need to be able to live by that. No, it doesn't really work that way either because if you continue to operate in that you could absolutely hurt somebody else unbeknownst to you and unbeknownst to them because you are foolish so i think i'm hopeful that people will read more about i hope this tirade will allow people just to read and want to know more about what fascism is and what democracy is and why these offshoots and ultra whatever are not a part of democracy. You have a right to be who you are and what you are, but you don't have a right to restrict my rights and my views to basically get your own view um, across. Um, there's no, there's not no place for it in a polite society, and there's really no place for it in a regular society. And I challenge everyone that listens to the podcast to read something that's going to expand your mind, even though it may not, it may be something that you wouldn't ordinarily read or wouldn't ordinarily watch. Oh, that's right. I'm going to have to order Pachenko. Um, I'm going to suggest that is a, a, a tour de force, a new um, a show on Apple TV Plus, I believe, um, that follows this family uh, from the uh, Korea from Korea um, when it was occupied by Japan and to the present day, I believe. They said on CBS News that it was actually good, but it's also um, histor historical context. And with all of this, uh, I always wonder, people try to attack um, people that they don't 
understand that they don't understand um with all of the attacks on the asian americans i think you would what would make them more human to people that are just crazy you need to watch a show like that to get historical context and and understand their struggle and understand um their background and their history because it would hope i'm hopeful it would allow you would open your mind and would make it people less likely to basically rage against people that they can actually relate to but i also challenge you to watch a show like that and just to be open to other ideas to expand your knowledge to expand your mind read a book read an article read something that you wouldn't ordinarily read for just for the express purpose of getting a different perspective watching more than fox even watching more than cnn watching more just to be a better version of yourself when you are today years old that is my biggest challenge for the listening audience or whomever is listening to me today and i think we would be um, a better um as a society and it's just as a group of people um, when we would realize there's very few things that basically separate us um we could just just try to understand or at least attempt to understand other people's perspective and then figure out a way uh, for all of us to work together, but still being re respectful of individual differences. That is my wish for us. We can be recognize the differences, but still work together for a common good and to go forward. That I believe is the crux of what democracy does. And being bold enough, secure enough in your own self and your own belief um, to be able to say, okay, although I'm not going to convert her to my side, we can still work together and go forward. She doesn't have to go um, completely to my side. I don't have to go completely to hers, but we can find, we need to find a common ground to come together and work together to, uh, to get things done because this whole separateness um, for clicks and for clout, it's not going to work. That is the challenge. Expansion and how we're going to be able to respect our differences but come together for the greater good of everybody. That's the challenge for today. So that's how we're going to end this episode. And I'm going to end it with a, a positive word. I used to scoff at people making this statement because maybe because of its simplicity or maybe because it sounded more like an admonishment that I was being everything but kind. But then when I started investigating it for myself, that's when I realized that I was confusing politeness with kindness. Politeness is a fake superficial manner in which there's no required investment, no self-reflection. But being kind is an adjective. It is, on, it is an action. If you're kind to yourself first, it's like exercise memory. You will continue and be kind to others. Let that sit with you for a while. I'm gonna to try to be kind to myself. I'll be kind to others. It's very simple and you gotta repeat it. Lean into the spirit of a new year by counting your blessings, giving to others and spreading happiness. I know I will. 
And this episode or this podcast is my means to spread joy and happiness and life and enlightenment. There's so much going on with aggression and um, just meanness. But if I can leave you with one small positive thought, start your day with that, that can change everything for you and, and just basically change your day. Don't forget to check out Dale's Angels Inc. for the notes on this podcast, as well as other works by CQM in um, that are and other contributors that are in work or in um, being edited right now. Um, also, check out my Instagram feed, Tenfro is Reading. You can check me out on Facebook, Tenfro is Reading Book Club, as well as my YouTube channel, Tenfro is Reading and Eating. And what I'm just chatting and streaming um, at TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter. Uh, navigate to Riders Block Coffee or shipabagaddicts.com. Use my promo code Tenfro Coffee or Tenfro Got Jokes, respectively, to get a percentage off of your order. Don't forget to drop me a line at tenfrowisreading at gmail.com. Um, all non-trolling messages may be actually uh, read online, and you can do the same if you are in Podbean or Anchor or wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, shedding light and positivity, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Until next time, bye. Bye.